When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Geraldo, you do this every time. It, it, this is such garbage, and I'm really, I'm really getting sick of it. You play this emotional game with the audience and use your position of responsibility to put out misinformation you know, and BS. You didn't make the police. I want to make it pretty clear. I meant what I said. I mean, if the company pushed back, I wouldn't be here today. That's a fact. Your office says that you invited black and brown journalists to, to this round of interviews. Uh, why? Well, look, I, I think in this one day, when we are uh, looking at uh, the two-year anniversary of my inauguration, as a one of a color, um, as a, a lesbian, it's important to me that diversity is put front and center. Yeah, it's the high holiday of uh, Lori Lightfoot's inauguration. I mean, don't we all celebrate that day, commemorate mm-hmm. that day? It's important. That's the day we separate the reporters by race and give half of them access to the psychotic mayor and half of them have to pound sand. Oh, man. Speaking of pounding sand, Alice Shattuck, mm-hmm. we have a lot to talk about. Uh, th- this Maddie in the Morning stuff keeps happening. If you listened to us yesterday and you're not from this area, then you'll know who we mean. Local uh, morning zoo talk show host, uh, music show host on, the, on what's left of the terrestrial adult contemporary station or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we talked about Demi Lovato yesterday and got in trouble for management and walked off. So, so he's back today. Had a, a they came to a truce. He and management, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't know how long it's going to last because he is still Ripley. So we're going to get to that in a moment. And like we said, we'll get to I mean, what's there to say about Lori Lightfoot. Then uh, it, I, she only it, sees black and brown reporters. Well, That's good, a very normal, uh, non-racist thing. At they least have going on. at least it's. Like not dog whistly racist, not a, not in the wink. It's like the real uncut stuff. No? <laughs> yeah, no, I only talk to reporters of certain races. That's just what I do now. It's good for us to see this, the real uncut stuff, and it's, mm-hmm. it's just like with our softball, with our daughter softball game last night. I was glad that the other team had really good hitters because it's good for them to experience like like a line drive right. and and, uh, and a shot to the outfield. It's mm-hmm. good for them to experience a pitcher. Who can really pitch fast, like girls softball fast, and so mm-hmm. that is um, that was the upside to the like twenty eight to nothing loss last night. <laughs> but the uh. downside to the loss, I want to get right back to because it, 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 almost twenty four hours has passed for me, so so I've been able to. It's been on my mind for a while, so I'm kind of used to it being there. Um, but I haven't talked to you guys since yesterday, and. Uneffing believable that what happened at the game again. When I walked to the to the game, I said, "Sally, to my daughter, I said, good news. There's no more mask mandate in Massachusetts as of yesterday. 
the masks are gone from all playing fields, this and that, all gone, whatever. And so since they pulled the thing a couple of days ago where they made the girls wear masks because somebody was uncomfortable in the other team, so we went past what was required, which is that masks would be on when the dugout, and they made them wear all the time mm-hmm. um, and I was not pleased by that and very upset this time this time um, this time the for, I told my daughter I said Sally there's no mask no mask mandate and she said are you sure because she was getting her mask because all these girls are dutiful obedient daughters mm-hmm. and they want to do the right thing and they don't want to mess with authority I said yeah no it's gone and she said that's great so she saw the two her two team teammates when we got to this field at a neighboring town in an even more progressive town. Yeah. And told the girls and they were thrilled that there's no mask mm-hmm. mandate. And then uh, as we're about to practice and get going before the game, one of the girls and these girls always ask the question, one of the girls asks before they go out to the outfield, do we need to bring masks? She said her coach is a dad. She so she said do, do we need to bring masks? And he said, "Well, you, you know what? We probably we probably should for now. I'm going to check with the other coach and see what's going on to see what they, they're they going to want to do. And then I was like, oh, my God, I, I cannot believe it's happening again. I cannot believe this. There is no mask mandate. This is like before the pandemic. If they are gone. Right. There's no there's certainly no authority for any. You can't make league other teachers. people wear masks. Right. There's now. no authority. That's to, done. But and so. So now this time I went to the coach and I said, hey. There, as of today, is no. We have no authority to make any girl wear any mask. If there, it's our child, we can have them wear a mask. Other than that, we can't make other people wear masks <laughs> or or goggles or uh, use a snorkel or do anything like that. Right now, we have no. There's no right. There's no reasons. No, we have no authority to do that. Mm-hmm. And also, and I said that to him, and he said, "Oh, I'm not sure about that. I'm I'm not sure if we do or not. I'm going to talk to the other coach." And I said. Okay, but we we can't we can't inhibit their breathing for this game. We have no right, right. to do that. Do you know? And I, he was not comfortable talking about it, obviously. Mm-hmm. And for with the warm up, it's like two and a half hours that they're running around wearing a mask. Well, right, and also, how many times do you have to say this? I mean, so 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 there's another coach who always says, you know, I'm going to do it for them. I want them to feel comfortable. I'm going to do it for them. Whatever. All, we've, they're all mask believers, just, just perennial. And they're all vaccinated, too. Right, exactly, there. So anyway, it's fine. So now I've said my piece, and they come back, and they say, okay, girls, the new the, the deal is is that um, the masks will be, um, you only have to wear the mask while you're in the dugout. And so I went to my daughter and I said, you're not wearing the mask at all. Mm-hmm. This is over. I didn't wear a mask at all either. Um, Look at you, Rosa Parks. <laughs> well, I, I mean, it, it's just I don't like this situation at all. I don't like how no, I'm the only terrible. one doing this. By the way, it's, it, it's just me out and... there in in softballville, you know, doing this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was on with the on TIC this morning in Connecticut, and I got some good, great reinforced positive reinforcement. <laughs> right. Because other than that, there's not. It's just me out there, mm-hmm. and these the they act like it's on out of this universe that you wouldn't have them wear masks, even though there's a, it's over, the war is over. We don't need the uniforms and guns anymore. It's over, mm-hmm. it, you know. For those of us vaccinated, and for kids, you know, it never really was a thing. But no, at the end of the game, as the kids both line up on each side and get ready to to say good game, good game, good game. Well, and you just made a high five gesture, but they don't even do that. They bump right. elbows. Well, one of the right, right. I don't know what the logic is of like how it, much more, nothing. how many more COVID germs are on a palm than an elbow, but apparently so, that's what the kids do now. So they said, "Okay, we're gonna to say good game now. Uh, all you girls, get your masks on." And my daughter comes running to me and said, "Daddy, I have to put a mask on. Can I have my the mask on?" And I said, "No, you're not wearing a mask. You're going out there." And she now is panicked or very concerned because. <laughs> mm-hmm. An authority figure, the head coach, has asked every all the girls to do the right thing in their minds, and she's going to me, and I'm saying no, you're not. You can get in line and do the do the thing that whatever. And so somebody next to me, another coach, said, "Well, you know, girls, remember this is for my benefit." This he said, <laughs> "Remember, you know, we do this just out of respect for them, so that they can feel comfortable. The other team. That's why mm-hmm. we do it. Remember, that's why we wear masks." And it was said, and then. 
to me as well. You know, right. to, that's why you do it. To, so it and I'm being lectured art. to, you know, while this is happening about why we have to muzzle these girls who aren't at risk when there's no guidance to do it out of some nod, some gesture to the other team mm-hmm. that we care about them, even though <laughs> they also have no risk and nobody's at risk for anything here. And and uh, the best thing uh, was once our girls finally got to the area where they would start walk- marching towards the other girls to say good game, the other side town, the aggressive town team, decided they weren't comfortable even doing that. So they stopped. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, that uh, great payoff for our sacrifice to them. I thought that we, you know, we showed them. We showed them that we're willing to put the masks on for them because we care about them. And that wasn't going to... So th- this is this is an unforeseen pain in the ass for me. And not something I like. I yeah, don't. I think it's goddamn unfair, as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. That I've got to be in this town for the next 15 years, whatever it is, with kids in the schools here, where I'm considered an aggressor in this during the coronavirus thing, when I'm not asking anybody for anything. I'm not making anybody put stuff on that makes (laughs) them stop breathing. You know, but I'm now, you know, I I get the, um, I get the Scarlet Letter. Right, right? I'm a troublemaker because Mm -hmm. they're all involved in an exercise about feeling good about, which makes no damn sense, but is in fact, damaging which is harmful right, right so this sucks that's what i'm saying mm-hmm. and uh, that's it so tonight we'll go to uh, our son's baseball game mm-hmm. and if there's a mask mandate else you can take center stage from this yeah i am this done is my one i am the one who wants to be the hero on the mask front well feel free tom's to not, go in somebody write something on facebook somewhere so it's not the tom shattuck show Jeez, i can't believe i i mean I'm doing the very minimal thing here. Mm-hmm. Of just not wearing a mask. And not letting my daughter wear a mask. Right. Because you don't have to. Because the people who talked about the magical mask in the first place <laughs> have now ended the magical mask period. I don't know when it was during, somebody said today, a good a good commenter, is like it was always follow the science for the last year and a month. Mm-hmm. Science mask, science mask, science mask. Now the science has no mask, and nope, no more following the science. No. Now what kind of endeavor is this? A religious <laughs> endeavor? Well, I'm serious. You're laughing. I <laughs> hate this. Well, I mean, it always was a religious endeavor. Doesn't that just tell you that the entire follow the science thing was always just about using science to do what we want, and I follow science as long as it aligns with what I want, but once that stops... You know, I'm just going to continue to do what I want and try and make you do what I want, too, on the basis of nothing, because this is just what I feel like anyway. How do adults think this way? You have to be so clearly lacking, like, like critical thinking. Mm-hmm. You I can't, think, this doesn't jive. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. You can't, the math doesn't work. I think I said to you sometime in like mid-March of last year that I was getting really sick of the phrase out of an abundance of caution. Mm-hmm. The, and and now I'm like on the war path about it because that's that's what all this is. It's out of the uh, out of an abundance of caution um, policy making guide. Everything is it's your buddy Tim Murphy there in New Jersey saying if it saves one life, then it's worth it. There's a possibility However remote, however remote, Fauci says it is and the CDC says it is and all the scientists and epidemiologists say that this is an extremely remote possibility that vaccinated and adult that vaccinated adults and children who are completely asymptomatic for any illness could possibly infect somebody outside on a softball field with coronavirus and kill them. So that that remote possibility which is you know on the order of getting struck with by lightning out of a cloudless sky um is what we're operating on and those people feel that avoiding that teeny tiny little risk is now worth any sacrifice on the part of everybody else you know not just it's worth it you know if the guy who's in the new yorker article who wants to wear his goggles and his face shield and his double masks for the next five years even though he's already had coronavirus and he's fully vaccinated like fine go ahead 
You know, I'm not stopping you. But they have a religious belief that this saves lives. That if we make all the people on the softball field put on masks, that lives will be saved. So, when then then when will they let go? When does it end? I don't know. I mean, I think that people who don't believe in their religion just have to keep uh not but it's wearing not just religion. It's them. not that religious. It can't be because, Alice, the clergy has told them that the mask can go now. So they have departed from guidance from the theological leaders. Mm -hmm. And they're on to something else now. I think we had a great caller today on the radio who just said, you know, you do, or was it you? You do, no, no, it was a caller. You know, they teach you how, when you're trying to lose weight or work out or train for something, mm -hmm. you know, it takes 30 days of doing the same thing the every, day, every day to be, to get in the, to be habitually, um, you know, revved up and motivated mm -hmm. so that it'll be an automatic, you'll have to do it now. You know, right. like, in, in like somebody who jogs every day or, you know, or whatever else good habit you try to get in. Usually it's exercise, mm -hmm. I think, probably. Yeah. And, and. Uh, but you know what? Like this podcast, you know, we do it mm -hmm. five days a week, and it's a thing that's part of the day. As it's as part of the day as any meal is part of the day. You right. know, mm -hmm. um, so so it, it, could that be it? Simply that they've conditioned themselves that this is what I do. You mm -hmm. know, some people smoke every day, and you know, every forty-five. Other people just grab for their mask and put it on, and that's what you do. Yeah, that's part of the reason I have refused to purchase cloth masks and make them like part of our laundry routine and buy cute hooks and hang masks on it. Like people have been buying mask hooks and cute masks and all these things. And I don't I don't agree to be a part of that because I don't want to make it a part of my daily life. And now it's actually over. And I'm not going to continue to make it a part of my daily life. So, By the way, it's... I mean, I think the habit thing is part of it. But I also think that, you know, they now have a thing. And they're saying that this is, you know, something we should just always do during flu season. I'm going to do it anyway. It's been great. I haven't caught any colds this year. Look at this is allergy season. They have developed a you know, whether it's conscious or not, a theology that wearing masks is somehow pure. And you say, like, the religious leaders have said it's okay now. But, like, I look at it as it's as though it's some kind of, like, it's, it's like a purity culture, right? Where, you know, you have people that are raised in, like, really extreme religions where they demonize sexuality and, and sensuality. And then, you know, kids that grow up in that sometimes have trouble relaxing those attitudes like in a marriage or in a relationship even when it's approved and okay because it's been like so ingrained in their psyche that this is like impure and evil and dirty right and so that's what this is now is that they've internalized this religious thing for a year now that wearing masks is pure and good and helps people and is kind and it shows people you care about them and not wearing masks is dirty and you're spewing germs everywhere. Think of the rhetoric you would see on every town's Facebook group all across America when somebody saw somebody not wearing a mask walking down the street, right? People would say things like they were just out there huffing their COVID all mm -hmm. over the streets. Like they They've now developed this whole thing around it where they see it as impure and unclean and they can't even when the person says like, you know, to the kid that grew up being taught that sex is disgusting and evil when the clergy turns around and says to them like it's okay in your marriage now they can't get past the psychological training you know where they've been taught that this is like bad and and disgusting and morally okay, wrong but isn't there a counterweight when they're seeing if they know that not having the mask is dirty and disgusting whatever they also can see they all they can see that the girls can't breathe as good in these everybody can see that they can also see that the girls love not having to wear them Shouldn't that be a counterweight? I mean, when you're in the Branch well, Davidians no. and David mm -hmm. Koresh is sleeping with uh, your wife and your daughter, uh, but he is the Christ child, don't you weigh that against it and say, you know what? No, I'll find a different route. Mm -hmm. But I think in those types of purity culture things, the sacrifice is part of the purity of it, right? That's like the asceticism of the whole thing. 
you know, some cultures have fasting and monasticism and some cultures have jihad and some cultures have masks, <laughs> you know, like there's always the religious zealots that just like need to do it to the extreme level, right? Like there's people and and of course, of course it's a sacrifice, but would it really be worth uh, having as a religion if it didn't make you sacrifice something? All religions do. This is the pain, the suffering. It has so to involve again, a little Alice, suffering. Right? Jerry so Callahan mm-hmm. uh, said he thought that in a couple of weeks they'll see the 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 error in their judgment. Maybe some of them, but I mean, so we talk about our town being crazy and like making these kids wear masks at the game. But like you said, the other town that we were in, which is a more liberal community than ours, uh, they were like all masked the whole time and. They wouldn't even do the handshake or the elbow bump right. or whatever with our team because it was too risky for COVID. So, I mean, I think a lot of it's going to be localized too. to air. I mean, Florida, people are acting like this is normal now to not wear masks. And it's also, Ellis, it's also mm-hmm. they are they obviously don't actually believe that the kids will get the COVID because almost all of the girls ignored the dugout rules were eating and drinking their stuff next to each other, talking mm-hmm. close, dancing, singing, doing stuff. Right. It was just, it was just the, the symbolic gestures for this the other This is how team. you show you love your neighbor. This is how you show you care about other people. This is how you don't spew your dirty, disgusting germs on other people. And, you know, they're, they understand that the actual risk is low, but they believe that although the risk is low, it still exists. And I've heard parents say stuff like, you know, no matter how remote the possibility, there's just still so much we don't know about COVID. There could be possible long-term consequences for the kids that we don't know about and, you know, complications in their later years. And it's a terrible risk. And I would hate for my kid to get COVID. It's, um, it's, like I say, it's like a purity culture thing. They they don't want to be touched by the evil COVID. And I think that intellectually, they know that the risk is extremely low, that anything bad will actually happen. But they've like bought into this culture now, you know? Right. And so as you were saying, with on the idea of that we continue to wear masks for other reasons, mm-hmm. Phil Klein for um, National Review tweeted this out today. Uh, COVID has proven less deadly for children f- um, uh, for children than five of eight flu seasons. Mm-hmm. There is no reason to punish children with masking when unvaccinated adults in practice can go maskless. So, in other words, I'm looking at the chart here. The about 300 people have died. Kids 18 and under have died of this COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, five of the last eight years, more have died of the flu. So, and if you're going to have them wearing sure. masks for 300 mm-hmm. deaths. Then you're certainly going to have them wear a mask for 400 deaths, 500 deaths, and 600 deaths. That's if they believe mm-hmm. th- these statistics. I don't know if they want to see these statistics. Right. And there's some question with the kids' COVID numbers, too, because at this point, they're testing everybody who goes to the hospital for COVID. So, and some of those kids that are in the hospital for other things are testing positive for COVID. So I saw an estimate recently based on two different papers that um, the estimate of kids hospitalized for COVID, and I'm not sure how they're calculating the deaths, so I'm not sure how that factors in, but I know that the kids' hospitalization rates for COVID, <clears throat> they believe that probably 40 to 50% of those hospitalizations were initially for something other than COVID, and they just tested positive, possibly totally asymptomatically right so 40 to 50 percent of the kids hospitalized quote unquote with covid in these papers that they're citing they're saying there were no symptoms of covid at all okay i mean this is it's clearly ridiculous just a footnote alice Mm -hmm. we have been calling uh the governor of new jersey tim murphy for two days it is governor phil murphy phil murphy sorry it's okay i was doing it too okay yeah Um, yeah all right shall we move on to uh, Matty Siegel. Yes, let's talk about Matt Siegel. So everybody knows the story from yesterday. We just talked about it as mm-hmm. well. He went nuts yesterday because he d- dared to have fun with uh, Demi Lovato's story. And management yelled at him. He walked off the air. This morning he was back on the air. Uh, he had returned. And here we go. 
Will Maddie in the morning be on the airwaves tomorrow? The question comes as the Boston radio show host threatened to quit on air. I'm here. Good morning. Good morning. A uh, bit of a buzz yesterday, Lise. It was uh, quite a whirlwind. Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> Basically, uh, to review what happened is that I uh, was on a roll. I haven't been on a roll in a long time. I mean, I've, it's obvious. You know, I've been frustrated. Don't be the judge of how much of a roll he was on. <laughs> and, you know, uh, we've, we've been doing a lot of stuff on the radio that I don't care about, I'm not interested in. and I, I like hearing this. I like mm-hmm. hearing, you know, be honest. Yeah, a right. lot of stuff we don't care about. Of course you don't care about it because you're <laughs> 71 years old giving away One Direction tickets. Like, why would you <laughs> he's care? he's living in Florida. And, like, I was listening back to you talking to Kirk and Jerry yesterday and them saying that he rolls in there, like, five minutes after the yeah. hour and is ready to start the show. He doesn't do any show prep. He's just showing up and letting them play stuff for him and reacting, basically. Right. I've been frustrated. Yesterday, I did a show where I wasn't frustrated. I was really having fun. I thought I was being funny. I mean, it's hard to judge, but, you know, basically, you can tell when you're on. And uh, I, so I was really having a good time. And and, uh, and then, I, you know, I stumbled onto a topic that is a sensitive one with uh, Demi Lovato, and, and I was uh, upset with her and her statement about the pronouns i thought it was ridiculous and i and i talked about it and i, I told jokes i mean that's what we do where it's a jokey show anyway here's the point so when i was feeling on a roll and really enjoying it and feeling like the old maddie on the air that's when i got the call to stop talking about it and i just hmm. snapped i said i'm not i just can't be here anymore so subsequently, uh, what happened is, of course, I talked to my wife at length about it, and I talked to the company, and the company told me that they basically said, please don't quit. And they said that I have total support from them and freedom to say what I want. So I kind of won that battle. And then I, then um, uh, my wife told me, she said, I don't want you leaving. Because, <clears throat> you know, if you're married, you're usually... Um, you know, you take your what if you have a good marriage. I mean, you know, that's the most important critic. And my wife says you're not you're not ending your career over bleeping Demi Lovato. Hmm. So I'm here, um, and I. I it, Bob- How much is he making a year? Twenty million? Is that too much? Um, I think somebody said like a million, but I don't know. Was that? It it's got to be low. more than that. I would think yeah. it would be higher, but I don't know. Others me is that some of the national press that I got uh, said, well, maybe it's a radio stunt. Oh, there was no radio stunt. You were looking at my eyes when I was wanted to quit. So it, that bothers me that some people thought that this is just a gag. This is not a gag. And um, so... Hopefully, we'll be able to have some fun and some laughs like the, the normal thing. But I will say this. Um, it, if, we li- if we live in a world where you can't say what you want to say, and I'm talking about it. I'm not talking about swearing and, you know, the obvious things that we don't do on the radio. But, I mean, you know, within the traditional radio boundaries, if I can't say what I'm thinking, then I don't want to do it anymore. Right. And that's – I. I obviously completely understand that but he can't say what he wants to say it is surprising that he actually still has this in his head that this is something where he can there's any choice there's no choice that is over he can't say what he wants to say and i think it's so interesting that he believes the radio station when they say he can say whatever he wants and he's not in trouble right and like and i mean he's still calling demi lovato her in this and right i think that uh, tomorrow is his last day (laughs) you and i (laughs) Um, so let's keep this going. Oh, by the way, just before we do, mm-hmm. he also, when he said that he was in a role and he was rolling and yeah. then they called him and, and yelled at him, mm-hmm. you can imagine that. You know, you find the zone and he's really going and he's feeling he's happy because he's, he's he hasn't had his edge for a while and he's hitting his stride again. And then some know-nothing programmer calls you and says, um, yeah, we are, there's some uh, worries, concerns about the subject matter. Two people can't. on Twitter said you're transphobic. Like, and- yeah. <laughs> Pathetic. Here's the thing, and I know Bex is on the other side of this one, and this is something Bex is going to have to deal with, but everyone ha- has a, an opinion about what's happened and what you can and can't say. And then it's 100% the... Bex is his... um, Executive producer slash co-chair. 
Right. Emperor's New Clothes. And if you don't know the story of the Emperor's New Clothes, Google it. That's what it is. Somebody, I'm, I'm, I don't want to say I'm a big deal because you know I don't think like that. You know mm-hmm. that. You made he, the- he may have uh, said something to the contrary yesterday during his rant. He may have listed a bunch of famous radio hosts and then said he's Poor greater Jess than Kane, them all. Dave Maynard. These are people who were uh, out of it before you were alive, Alice. But somebody had to say this is ridiculous. You know? Mm-hmm. And the company was like, what? You can't talk about that. But you know all about it with your kids and schools and colleges. And it's like, say, are Uh-oh. you kidding? Like, life's not complicated enough. Now you're telling young people they don't know what they are. It's like, please. Oof. You know what I'm saying? Hey, this is Will Ferrell. And you're listening to Maddie in the Morning. I don't know if you know this. So but here's where they cut him off and go to break big deal. Oh, such. You, Justin, <laughs> stop playing those stupid things. <laughs> And we're going to go to break because Maddie's starting to talk about the trans issue again. Oh, so is that oh, so interesting? Is that is that even him saying Justin stop playing those stupid things? That was him saying Justin stop playing those stupid things. No, no I know, no, no, right. no, no. But was that a, a oh, part was it of old? Is it that part been old. of the um, yeah? What do you call those? What are those liners called in radio that go take you into break? Uh, I forgot. Anyway, it may it, that that could have been yeah. That would make sense actually mm-hmm. because if not, he just stepped on him. And you would never let a, somebody, a board op, step on you like that. Uh, so that's very interesting to me. All right, let's see what else we've got for Maddie in the morning. So then he circled back to the topic later in the show. I don't know. Well, I, I'm going to play what I have. We've got two more cuts. Does that sound mm-hmm. right? Yep. Okay. I want to make it pretty clear. I meant what I said. I mean, if the company pushed back, I wouldn't be here today. That's a fact. You know, the company made a decision to encourage me to stay. They could have said, well, we'll let you back on the air, but you better watch what you say. I would have absolutely retired. That's a fact. Yeah, that happens tomorrow. So I, I do appreciate the company handling it that way. And that's it. And I really don't want to talk about this anymore. But, you know, I guess people want to. Um, I feel bad for Bex. Hi. Who had to be on the phone all day. to. Yeah, he starts feeling less bad for Bex as we go on. Because because I was told that I could not poke fun at Demi Lovato because she might be in our jingle ball or something, okay? And I said, I'll quit before I stop doing that. And you wouldn't post it? That was not my decision. That is a decision decision that comes from way above me. Tell people what's going on here. So, um, we talked about his show yesterday and him walking off and the whole thing. And normally they put up a podcast version of the show afterwards. Yesterday, nothing was posted from yesterday's show right. as a podcast version. So none of that exists. Still, the only audio anyone has is that terrible audio that you heard us playing yesterday. That's mm-hmm. like in someone's car with a kid and all kinds of stuff going on. That's that's all that, that exists of that right now because right. iHeart has put up nothing. And so he apparently, because he only shows up for work after the show's already started, uh, didn't even know that it hadn't been posted. So he's finding out now, live on the air of the show, that his producer didn't put up the show because she was told to by iHeart, obviously. And he is not pleased to make this discovery on air today. Right. And, you know, he she's his producer. So he expects some loyalty to her. And I have been a producer, and the host expects some loyalty to you. Mm-hmm. But she works for iHeart. Right. You know, they whether pay or not her he salary. thinks so, correct. Yes, they, they do all the stuff that she needs to be enriched. And enriched. I'm just doing my okay, job. Well, you know what? And then, then guess what, iHeart? We got another problem again. That's, that makes me furious. Really? Here we go again. I guess maybe, maybe iHeart doesn't have my back. Maybe I was right yesterday. This is real. Don't you ever do that. If you do work for me. Yeah. Or you don't work. No, she's going to be working for Billy Costa as of tomorrow, I think. <laughs> that makes me furious. And I wanted to do everything on this show to not do this. Everything today was about keep it light, keep it light, keep it light. And now I find out the company's doing it to me again. Holy cow. Thanks a lot for your call that I didn't get. You mm. didn't think to call me when me? you were told to oh. not podcast? Okay, I did call you. I called you at exactly 
Um, I'll tell you exactly what time I called yeah, you yesterday. Some like, little mouthy millennial <laughs> checking her phone for the timestamp. She's probably a zillennial. I don't think she's a millennial. I, think I did she's call you. You need, to stop. you need to stop. Turn your mic off. Turn it off. Ooh. Turn it off. That's the girl in the car. That's the driver <laughs> of the car who's recording this because that's how we do this. That wasn't her, I don't think. Uh, yeah, I that's think that was Bex. the girl recording. Bex. Bex. She's Bex. We'll be right back. I love Maddie in the morning. The laugh is what we need. Yeah, I listen every morning. <laughs> so I don't know why he went and made it so easy for iHeart, too. Because if he had just stuck with sort of little side-eye comments about Demi Lovato and not using their pronouns properly, then he probably could have hung on a little longer and they would have still thrown him a retirement party and stuff. But with him doing this to an employee who works under him, he is um, going to be in trouble. And they're going to be able to use the all the HR stuff to, to you know, make it his fault and get rid of him faster than and make him look bad out of it you know well any he, but he's going after her he's gone after the program director and he's gone after iheart brass the company so yeah. he is shooting his way out of there mm-hmm. um and who knows who knows what will happen but it just shows you the the power of this hugely niche issue mm-hmm. which is a, more of a actually a, almost completely more a psychological mm-hmm. um uh, it, like uh, it's a psychological problem here. It's a it's a social mm-hmm. contagion problem, um, more than it is an actual, you know, a mental health uh, issue. I guess it's both. Um, this is a, you know, if you if you read anything about this about the some of the great writing that's been done on this, mm-hmm. you know, girls tend to do this in packs. Same kind of girls who would all get, uh, you know, earrings together, you know, do this in packs and do this together. Yeah. Same kind of girls who cut, which was a big thing mm-hmm. when I was in high school, um, would do Eating this. Eating disorders. Exactly. They one. all do it together as part of this empathy thing, play, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and whatever. But, but, but it's not Matt Siegel's job to have to make every accommodation, including in logical thinking to right. uh, to to you know be allowed to uh to work with these people mm-hmm. you know if if they've got if you've got the niche problem and the 329 million of us don't you can make the adjustment right the rest of us don't have to bend to this new messaging and new illogic well right and i think you know i I think there's an argument just for, you know, having a civilization and a society and social cohesion that if adults decide to do something and get surgeries and whatever and tell us that they want to be called a new name or whatever, I mean, like, I think that it's possible to accommodate that, like, in a workplace and go about our business without having to make sure that everyone necessarily believes in your whole thing because you're not going to get, I mean... It's possible to have a society where people are polite to each other and nice to each other and not everyone believes this stuff because you're not going to be able to get everyone to believe in these transgender, like in the truth claims themselves of the ideology, right? These aren't like provable scientific facts. These are, we're talking about mask religious beliefs earlier. These are religious beliefs about like what it truly means to be a man or a woman or they or whatever, right? Like, and I don't buy into that, that philosophy of the universe. So you're not going to be able to convince me of that, you know, and I'll be as nice as people want to people in my day to day life. That's fine. But I can't in my heart believe that that's true because I just don't, you know, like, and and I don't think most people do. So you can get people to pretend along with you a lot if that's, you know, what makes you happy to get all the people around you to keep pretending with you. But you, in today's world, you can hear what other people say who aren't your friends and family because there's like podcasts and recordings of things and TV and other places where you're going to hear things that other people say about what it means to be transgender. And you're not going to be able to get 
all those people to pretend all the time on every recording of everything so that you never have to hear anyone say anything that goes against what you believe to be true that undermines your view of the universe. Like, and if that's, if your view of the universe requires that level of protection from any alternative ideas, then it's probably not that, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, not resilient. It it's probably not that strong uh, a worldview anyway. Right. If it can't withstand the slightest bit of criticism right. from a you know an average radio morning show host who's seventy years old and isn't yeah, in the it culture, so, it shows some uncertainty on behalf of the person being talked about. Yeah, in their own uh, worldview and belief robust. system. Robust. That's the word I was looking for. It's not robust, a robust worldview. That's a me word, not really a you word. You used well, a, I like a, a it. skepticism. You used two asceticism. Yeah, you used two today. Was the other one that was paired along with that? I don't know. You used two that I'll never know what they mean. Maybe it was. Yeah, that's what it is. Monasticism. <laughs> okay. Um. So, uh, and you're right. You, the answer in the civilized West, mm-hmm. as it were, it, to I don't believe that it makes sense. Why should I be calling you they is not screaming apoplectic at the top of your lungs that you're killing trans people. Mm-hmm. That That is not how the discourse works. Right. You can't have that. You can't have just a screaming banshees on one side demanding you change mm-hmm. the way you conduct yourself even though there is no actual harm being done just words being said right it's also bad marketing mm-hmm. yeah it's nobody likes this look at you have somebody i believe manny matt siegel of maddie in the morning is a liberal i'm pretty mm-hmm. sure because you spent last year being in trouble for criticizing trump which is also ridiculous, by the way. I also don't support that. Someone commented, like, right-wing cancel culture is so powerful. <laughs> like, are you crazy? Nobody's trying to... No, who gets canceled for saying bad things about Alice, Trump? Alice, that's a good jumping-off point in a related story. How mm-hmm. these things happen. How these seeds are planted. Mm-hmm. How suddenly the Capitol riot was in uh, um, white supremacy. Uh-huh. And how absolutely it's very normal that... Um, that um, calling somebody they makes total sense, mm-hmm. and as a matter of fact, is saving their life, is the new contention, these new seeds being pl- sown uh, right now saying that the university system is conservative. Right, yes. And right now it's a fringy little thing out there in a fringy little psychotic magazine <laughs> that ostensibly is to give girls guidance on you know, style and lifestyle issues. But no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. So, but these, what we're about to talk about here mm-hmm. is obviously wacko crazy and untrue. Certainly. In fact, the opposite is true. But four or five months from now, this will be a settled talking point for much of the country. Right. That, uh, that right-wing universities are driving the discourse in our country. The right-wing institutions of university culture. So, um, right. so in other words, universities are conservative. Mm-hmm. So this is from Teen Vogue, and this is by someone named Ashish Kapoor Sadiq, who I resent only because his Twitter handle is AKS, which is my initials. So that bothers me that he has stolen my initials. But anyway, AK- reclaim the malice. I'm going to reclaim. I'm making my Twitter handle AKS now. Nice. Um. So he says, do American universities lack ideological diversity? Are they bastions of left-wing thought and hostile to conservatives? In early April, the Crimson, the student newspaper of Harvard, published an article asserting the university's conservative faculty are an endangered species. But the right is not underrepresented in higher education. In fact, the opposite is true. The modern American university is a right-wing institution. If you're the editor (laughs) and Hashish uh, sends this... Hands this to you. You got to look up at him and say, uh, "You're sure you want to try to make this jump, Hashish?" I realize that um, I realize that we're into making a splash here and getting a few clicks, but there's no real coming back from this. Just so you know. 
Um, uh, the right's dominance of academia <laughs> and its reign over universities is destroying higher education. And the only way to save the American university is for students and professors to take back control of campuses. Is is opposite day a thing? <laughs> no, it, for zillennials? Maybe to Let's them see, that's is something. This, no, this is published in May. Definitely not on April 1st. I don't know why um okay but uh so i guess his the overall thesis of this is that um that it's not about like he's kind of says like of course the professors are left-leaning which is a bit of an understatement i think like a single digit percentage of college professors are even like moderate yes um and so, but he says those who believe a university's ideological character can be discerned by surveying the political leanings of its faculty betray a fundamental misunderstanding of how universities work. Uh, there's no Democrat way to teach calculus, nor there's a, nor is there a Republican approach to teaching medieval English literature. Are you literature. both sleeping me, Hashish? There sure is. Social justice is strewn through every. Oh yeah, it's everywhere. Discipline now, yes. Um, I mean, with the. With, no Republican approach to teaching medieval English literature. I mean, I routinely see people on Twitter who are like medieval scholars or, I mean, random things who sit here and tell me that like black people were common in medieval England because there's like one tapestry where the people are kind of tan somewhere. I know. And there's Da Vinci like, was trans and whatever. It's, it's all... It's all it is. It's all. <laughs> this, I mean, the fact that this kid doesn't see it tells you all you need to know. I mean, there's people writing papers about how Beethoven was really there's black. There's no fish and, in like, the aquarium. <laughs> okay, Hashish, you want to say that. That's fine. So, But he says that gauging the political preferences of employees is an impoverished way of understanding the ideology of an institution. To actually do so, you must understand who runs it. And in the case of the American University, that is no longer the professorate. So then he goes on to say that faculty once controlled universities, but they no longer do. Now they're run by these powerful boards, which in a sense is sort of true. Harvard's now a trust fund with a school attached to it. Well, and not, first of like, all, it's, it's not run. Colleges aren't run by professors they're certainly run by faculties mm -hmm. you yeah. know you're um the the uh what are the what officers are they called the making sure that you're compliant compliance officers mm -hmm. your compliance officers have a lot of power you know they get right. they're the ones who get to set up the tribunals not the old marxist professors mm -hmm. that's yesterday's news right so and so his feeling is that the boards of the colleges are more conservative and that they, which is probably, they probably do more conservative, lean more conservative sure. than the professors and the students. Because you have to be able to comb your hair and shower in order to go fundraise to bring some money into the college. Right. So if you're dealing with these like huge hedge funds that are attached to these universities, right. then you're... You need normal to... <laughs> people, yeah. You know, not adult children to to talk to them. Yes. So the, the, these people tend to be more moderate, although they are still not generally they're all Democrats, speaking, Republicans. Yes, so, exactly. But so he cites as an example um, the fact that Nicole Hannah Jones of the 1619 Project uh, recently was made this like special chair, this endowed position at UNC Chapel Hill um, to teach some class on race and whatever. I don't know. Um, and really a class on race. Yeah. So she's huh. doing this, uh, documenting the history of slavery in the U.S. blah, blah, blah. Anyway. So, uh, often the person with this like special chair, it, it's like an honorary position. Mm -hmm. It's like, anyway, she didn't get it. No, she got the job, she, but she wasn't given, um, tenure with it. So right. she is fireable. So actually it's a five year contract and then mm -hmm. they'll review, but tenure is forever. Tenure means we, okay. we're not going to fire you ever. So people are outraged and they feel that this is a slight on her because she's black. That Right, she's of course been... it is. Um, so, mm -hmm. you know, another example of this, bringing the two worlds together, is tomorrow's Substack that I'm writing, tomshaddock.substack.com, mm -hmm. is on a professor called Jennifer Ho. Okay. And she is, of course, a much lauded and celebrated college professor who is is made the contention that that um, the black on Asian crime that is happening right is white supremacy okay and that is her thing now going around telling you because it's white supremacy and that uh, certainly Derek Chauvin was a white supremacy the fact that um, 
George Floyd was where he was in the position, situation in his life where he was, of course, was white supremacy. Mm-hmm. Any violence from black on Asian person is white supremacy because all the conditions were set up and the, the, the actors manipulated through white supremacy, uh, white supremacists and white supremacist policies. So it all, you know, white so you supremacists get are a lot more powerful than I realized. Right. I guess. So, so, so that's her thing. Obviously, mm-hmm. she's a moron, <laughs> but she, you know, she, I'm sure she has tenure and she teaches kids, etc. She was, in, but she foisted, you know, she's foisting this new thing, which okay. will soon be much like colleges are conservative. Mm-hmm. Uh, this will be. Just a, a considered settled science soon. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely, yep, it's white supremacy. A, a black guy killed an Asian person, white supremacy. A black guy killed a white mm-hmm. guy, white supremacy. A white guy, you know, uh, doesn't die one day, white supremacy. <laughs> a white guy goes to the moon, white supremacy. Is well, it, we know that uh, COVID is white supremacy, too. Well, of course. And well, vaccines so, are white so, supremacy. Masks, right. not wearing masks is white supremacy. So she is, so this is just, this is how this thing, stuff happens. Now, a couple, few years ago, mm-hmm. she was working on getting an honorary degree for uh, Christine Blasey Ford. Okay. Because Blasey Ford had been uh, sexually assaulted and had faced her accuser, mm-hmm. uh, factually, with evidence sexually assaulted, had faced her accuser and and had done a great service for women everywhere. That was her last grift. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it, which also is now considered, for half of the country, a settled thing. Of course, Brett Kavanaugh, yeah. oh yeah, rapist, yeah. High school, mm-hmm. you know. Of course, the, the there was never a charge that he actually raped anybody. Oh, I mean, it, from Blasey Ford, you <laughs> know, the guy, yeah. Avenatti's random yes. people that he pulled in off the street who had never yes. been with Brian Stelter's miles. buddy Avenatti. Yes, yeah, no, he suggested that, but 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 it didn't. But that's where we are. Before we go, I want to play one piece of audio. Okay. Okay. Do you have anything else? Any housekeeping? I don't think so. I'll double check. You play your okay. audio. This is this is too good. I just want you to hear, Alice, and I, I'll give uh, props to Mr. Jerry Callahan for bringing this to my attention. You know, well, uh, two things. Okay. First, this is Joe Biden at the Coast Guard Academy uh, sending the folks off. Uh, where am I here? Friday, Friday, no Wednesday. Sorry, I got the wrong TIC day in here. I got a lot of them in here. TIC. Wait, they got two Fridays? Damn, I didn't rename the thing. Okay, let me try this. Oh, oh, good, good, good. So this is Joe Biden at the Coast Guard Academy, the graduation. This is um, in New London, Connecticut. This is our sitting president's uh, sense of humor at work. Well, Cadet Tid, there's a seat on Air Force One if you have to get home. It may be tough. (laughs) I can only assume that you will enjoy educating your family about how the Coast Guard is, quote, the hard nucleus around the Navy forms in times of war. So now that that's a punchline. Mm-hmm. So now Biden's looking around and he's not pleased with what he sees. He's not getting the ruckus applause. You are quite, you're a really dull class. I mean, come on, man. Is the sun getting to you? No, there's a psychotic elderly man in front of us saying what is supposedly a joke, but which we don't understand. I think you'd have an opportunity when I say that about the Navy to clap, but being here together. Yes. Not awkward, sir. We're all kidding aside. Okay, so here's the... Also, you remember yesterday, Biden is driving a Ford F-150 in mm-hmm. for the press. They put the press it's in... It's electric. This, Yes, electric yes, electric one. Of- they put the press in this pen. They let <laughs> Biden drive around. There's all there's a guest driver on the other side who's really driving because the for obvious reasons, and and so what's supposed to happen is they're supposed to pull up in front of Biden uh, in front of the press and he'll take a few questions. Now he does take a few questions, but listen to listen to what he says here. This is one of the reporters asks an actual question. Well, the rest are drooling all over him, and he, this woman gets the. Uh, dog face pony soldier treatment. Mr. President, can I ask you a quick question on Israel before you drive No, you can't. Uh, not unless you get in front of the car as I step on it. Uh, what? <laughs> I'm only teasing. Oh. Okay, here we go. You ready? See it, sir. I'm only teasing. <laughs> no, you, one, you can't ask any policy questions in Israel because there's nothing going on there. Two, not just get in front of God, run you uh, freaking over. How about that? <laughs> Imagine if Trump had made How a about joke that? like oh, that. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Yes, well, Trump already he caused Charlie Hebdo and the Annapolis uh, killing of the press there. 
Yeah, definitely. It was an attack on our First Amendment. Now watch, listen to the, pre the noise the press makes as he drives away. Ready? Awesome. All right, our best test awesome. driver ever. Awesome. I, I heard a verbatim of holy effort. That's right. He is so cool. Love him. He's the sweetest. Can you imagine the pornography that's involved in this? Now, here's the f even fuller version. I went to CNN and, and watched a little bit more of this. Mr. President. This sucker's quick. How does it drive? How does it drive? Would you buy one of these? I would. What? Are they flacking for the Ford <laughs> F-150 company or for the president or both? Would you drive one of these? It's just an electric car, guys. <laughs> Calm down. This is a photo spray and a photo op. I know Trump invented these, but you use these opportunities, these scrums, to ask questions. You can ask policy questions. Because if you're in the White House well, press pool and you're going back to the news desk and you're going to write a story about the president and what the White House is doing in, pre mm -hmm. in the uh, policies and the stuff going on in the world, it's not that the Ford F-150 is awesome and goes zero to 60 in 10 seconds. That's not the beat. Feel to be behind the wheel, sir. It feels great. I tell you what. Now, I don't know if anybody has a stopwatch, but I think if we're going zero to 60 in about 4.3, 4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.4 4.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.